Hello, birthday boy. Hello. We La- have slacked. We've been slacking. We've been slacking on the podcast, but we've been killing it outside yep. of the podcast. We've been very busy. Yeah. What's the catch up? Talk about it. Well, we start with mustard and then you add some mayonnaise and then you bring in the ketchup. I'm disgusted <laughs> by her thoughts. All right. Um, Wait a second. Last time we did the podcast, you were 33. Now you're 34. Do you right. feel any different? I feel like a woman. It's late, so you know I wake up at night. We're actually recording this podcast at almost 9 o'clock. That's right. And I prefer 11 a.m. is like the latest that we do these. See, I'm waking up and you're getting night-night time. So I'm going to be wired. I'm I'm enjoying some bourbon. Speaking of which, how long has it been since you've had an alcoholic beverage? I have had an alcoholic beverage. It has been January 1st. It has been almost a full year. started out as, what was it, 90 days or 100 days? And then... Fast forward, I was like, oh, I'll do it for six months. Then I was like, mm, I'll do it for a year. Now I may never drink again. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's sad <laughs> in some senses because we have fun and then also we don't have fun. And then, you know, alcohol is an interesting substance in general. Tell me more. Just talking about like memories where it's like, we're having a blast. Let's let loose. And then some nights it's like, why are you being like that? <laughs> it's like that whole thing. Are you just missing like the crazy drunk sex? Is that all you're missing? Because I feel like I haven't My changed. My mom's watching mute um, but what nothing's really changed i feel like i'm still no yeah you're very I'm still similar. crazy that's <laughs> so crazy uh the main positive is the fact that you will drive you have a dd that's right but on my birthday yes we went to dinner and then you're like what do you want to do what do you want to do i was like i'd love to go to the boathouse in red door and just have a few drinks like nightcap be a little silly down by the water why didn't you because you were with me and i'm like it's like dive bar and to look over and see you sober and you're like, you're doing good. <laughs> like it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to come back with Bobby. Yeah. You know, that's just, and you even agreed. You're like, yeah, I shouldn't. I mean, it, you'd have fun, but also you'd be like the only sober person there. Yeah. It's a dive bar. So you're like, what am I doing here? I'm like, get another drink. You're like, why? I'm the only one drinking. I know. I'm on my second martini at dinner for my birthday. And you're like, how do you feel? I'm like, stuff's tearing at me. I'm drinking sparkling water. I'm like, I'm hammered. Yeah. But I feel like I can get drunk when other people are drunk. Like when I was with my girls at the, the our girls trip, everybody was getting hammered. And the more wild they got, the more wild I got. So I can feed off of whoa i'm gonna take a moment to do something real quick are you gonna let our doggy up there come on blue come on up in a chair good boy all right our guest for the day is mr blue (laughs) what are you gonna say (laughs) oh yeah anything else say with your chest this is blue for anybody who does not knew who blue is Blue is a rescue That's from right. the powerful from rescue. powerful rescue. Shout out Steph and Duke. Mm-hmm. So where are we going with this? New Year's 2024. Am I going to have a drink? I don't know. Or end up on the floor? I feel like you're not going to. You're going to be lame, but also look out for yourself. What have you noticed? Look out for myself. In terms of like, <laughs> I don't want to drink. I'm, I, don't I don't feel like it. I have to drink. You don't have I to. I can still have a good time. You know, what I mean? you know, like some people aren't really fun when they're sober and you're like, oh, this is awkward. I feel like I can still be fun. This is very true. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about any differences in your lifestyle that have Since happened. Since drinking. Like, okay. 
just if it's someone's asking just, oh, you stopped drinking, what have been the major benefits? I would say clarity. Mind clarity has been really nice. Yeah, because you were stupid before. Well, it was foggy. Uh, my sleep, you know, when you get, you have like maybe one too many at night and you're up at 3 a.m. and you're like, ugh, cotton mouth, you think you're going to die and your sleep kind of gets disrupted. Did that no. ever happen to you? Um, No, because you don't go to bed till 3 well, sometimes I do when I'm drinking. Yeah, go ahead. So that, I don't feel like I missed that part of it. Um, my organs actually feel better. I think at one point I was like, my, my organs need a break. And not because I'm an alcoholic, but we were drinking, you all know, maybe every organs, night. every one of them? All of them. Yeah, they were like, yeah. stop. Yeah, all of them. Not just the liver. Uh, I think my meditations have been clearer, like getting up in the morning. I feel mm. like I've been, that took a little while to adjust. Hey, but don't you think without spirits, you're less spiritual? Well, they call them spirits for a reason. The spirits come on at night. Mm. I will say that my sugar cravings went really high when I first gave up alcohol. And it wasn't until a mutual friend was talking to us who had also given up alcohol for other reasons. He asked, how are your sugar cravings? That was the first time I was like, oh my God, you're absolutely right. I've been craving sugar, like and, like the sugar addiction. And I love sugar anyway, but it became, it went from like here to out there. Has it changed at all since then? Are you still sugar out there? I still like sugar, but the cravings aren't as strong because mm -hmm. they say you're, you're consuming so much sugar through alcohol. Like, you know, your drinks are full of sugar. So when you mm -hmm. cut that out, your body's neglecting and missing that part. Um, and then I would also say, I've, we've been saving money, like going out to, to dinners. True. Sometimes you're about to say going out to drink. Going out to drink. Sometimes a martini is like twenty five dollars, and mm -hmm. our bills were like a couple hundred bucks every time we just grab a meal because we were drinking most True. of our dinner. True. And so that's been helping, mm -hmm. and not spending as much money going out and like having to buy bottles. And I, our guest has left us. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I would say we've uh, saved yeah. money. I agree with that, especially the sugar thing where I have a sweet tooth mm -hmm. always. But if I can keep my mind right, I'd rather have a drink than like chocolatey dessert or something. So for me, my whole life has always been like, choose your poison. If you're going to drink tonight, don't get that sweetness. But when sometimes, I do both, I'm like, ah, you're a piece of shit. You know when you're craving sugar, you just have a cocktail. No. You don't ever think? Like sometimes if I want something sweet, I'm like, oh, I'll just have a tequila. And no. so it's helped with that. So I think I masked my sweet cravings. Your sweet cravings. Sweet cravings. Christopher. <laughs> Christopher, my sweet cravings. I masked that with alcohol and so then gave up alcohol. My sugar mm. cravings were like, be back, girl. Yeah. There was something else I was going to mention about it. Oh, okay. You know, like maybe one out of 30 or 50 times we would drink, I'd get a little feisty. Yeah. I don't miss that part. Or like I'd want to start a fight with you for some reason. That was rude. I know. And I wake up the next day. I think that's quiet. totally natural. But that hasn't happened. But I'm not saying just you. Like I just think some people just stick to a point and they're like, I don't like that you did that. And then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, you don't even know what you're arguing yes. about. But you're like, I'm so stubborn. I'm still mad at you. Like, and what are you mad about? <laughs> you being stupid. And it just keeps going. And you're like, oh, my God. And you, this less, I guess, person of... Being stubborn or drunk can see it, but you know it's too deep, and yeah. now it's just a full out. Both of you are arguing yeah, about I, stupid shit. I don't miss that. My parents I, do it. I'm just like, it's it is obnoxious because alcohol makes you stubborn to the point of getting your point across, but then you forget what your point was. But you're like, I'm not gonna fall back because my ego's in the way now. Mm -hmm. I also don't miss the late night Taco Bell. I don't think I've had Taco Bell in a year. Have we? Have we had Taco Bell since I stopped drinking? I love Taco Bell. See, so you say that. We haven't had Taco Bell 
in our new hometown, we had it one time. Yeah, it was garbage. But I was also drinking. But I usually will eat Taco Bell when I'm drinking. We have a Taco Bell literally a block from our yeah. like main pull into our community. Uh-huh. Never been to it. I know. That's another thing I gave up. I Air guess five. when I gave up alcohol, I gave up Taco Bell. Yeah. One Del Taco stopped existing over on the side and just yeah. In and out was here though. In and out, forget it. I'd be pulling into that drive-thru every day. You don't have to be drunk to eat In and Out Burger. No, not at all. You don't really have to be drunk to eat Taco Bell, but it just tastes better. You don't have to be drunk. You don't have to be drunk. But it helps. What do you what have you noticed? What do you What are you? <laughs> I enjoy just having the driver. That's about it. Like you said, you're a good time no matter what. Thanks. You miss the drunk sex. Drunk sex is fun. Yeah, but I can be sloppy when I'm, I can be sloppy sex when I'm. Yeah, but there's still a part of your brain. You're like, you're not in the same frame of mind. <laughs> I can, I'll pretend. That's, that helps. no. You don't want me it to makes pretend? It worse. You want me to role play? I'll role play being a drunk girl for you. No. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's so, that's so weird. <laughs> Give me some Taco Bell. Next, oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> next day, you're like, role play. Me too. You touched me. I was drunk. Do that to you. I know, but if we're role playing, you can act like you were drunk. You can act but like you, you don't could, remember. You could also do that. You could have. You could do a That's me right. too. Like I sexually took advantage. That's right. Of you. you were sober. You sicko. I know. I was drunk and you had sex with me. Yeah, I got you hammered and then I molested you. That's right. You could pull the me too. You're disgusting. I know, but you liked it. That's right. And you, no one has to know in the court. No room. means yes. That's right. No does not mean no. No <laughs> means find another way. Quoted by AOC. And now we're going to be blocked forever. No, never. Okay. So I need to show you a clip. Okay. You are not drinking, but this this clip right here is part of me. Okay. You love to booze, don't you? You love to drink. I do. You booze till you snooze. Dude, let me tell you something. I will never quit drinking. Mm. I will never quit drinking. I will always make sure that I can keep my body healthy enough so that I can always drink i love seeing a sunrise with a cocktail seeing a sunset with a cocktail having friends walk into your house with a bottle of wine yeah. getting on a plane can i get you something double jack on the rocks lots of rocks i love the moment someone says hey we should get a drink and you and you're not supposed to that feeling it's like a first kiss you don't get that first kiss when, kisses when you're married you get to have those first drinks at a brunch someone goes should we do mimosas and then the waiter goes, actually, we have bottomless mimosas. And you're like, this is going to be the best day ever. Dude, you just hype me the fuck up. Same. <laughs> you just hype me up. Bro. I'm ready for a cocktail. Like a Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> Bert Kreischer isn't the spokesperson for alcohol. Seriously. But to be honest, you haven't asked me what uh, I miss. You've asked me how I felt. That's true. What have you missed out of all of that? After okay. watching, especially. Yeah, listen, I miss all of that. After watching that clip <laughs> What does Bert do to your soul when it comes to alcohol? He makes it social. I miss the social part of drinking. I don't miss the hangover. I don't miss the taste of like champagne or wine or vodka. Like vodka, when I smell it, repulsive. But I do miss my whiskey and I do miss a good smoky tequila, like a reposado. And I miss the social aspect. Mezcal is what you miss. Mezcal is good too. But I also like reposado. I miss the social aspect. That's true. Drinking on airplanes. I miss drinking on airplanes. Mm-hmm. Not getting drunk on airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> but Bert, Bert puts it in such a Bert, perfect Bert. perspective. The Bert perspective of drinking. It is so amazing because he just breaks down every aspect. 
and he makes it social, yeah. which I think is the best part of drinking. Yeah. Drinking obviously might not be good for you at the end of the day. You know, everyone does it in small amounts or they're heavy doers or alcoholics. But the, the social aspect, I think, is what sucks everybody into like, let's do it. That yeah. mimosa talk, that sunrise, sunset. You invite a couple over and they show up with a bottle of wine. And you're like, I'm going to drink that. Five o'clock somewhere. Martinis. I miss a martini. You're stressed the fuck out. Sometimes and I'm you're like, that was hard. That was hard in the beginning. Like I'd say the first couple months, that was the tricky part. Like when I'd get mm -hmm. stressed, I felt the need to like have a drink. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to drink. And so to actually process and deal with those emotions was really interesting. And then I started leaning a little bit into edibles. I was like, oh, I'll just smoke a bowl. Or and then I was like, okay, this isn't, it's not the same. But the social aspect. What's the difference to you when it comes to an edible or smoking versus drinking in the social realm? Wait, okay. I don't know the question. What's what do you mean? What's the difference between? What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? What, <laughs> what do you mean? mean? What do you wait? What do you mean? <laughs> um, drinking versus weed. What's the mm -hmm. difference when it comes to social meaning? Smoking is more of like an inward. N-word. What does in, the N-word have anything to do inward. with it? Inward. Oh, I n inward. An inward experience, unless you're around. Like you don't smoke, so that's probably mm. how you feel around me not drinking. I've, I go inward with weed. That's what I'm saying, and I do too. But if both, if you're with, like when I'm with my girlfriends and we smoke a little bit, a freaking blast. We laugh so much, but guess what? I get the munchies, and mm. I want to eat everything in the house. Whereas if I'm drinking, I don't really get the munchies until mm -hmm. 3 a.m. And I'm like, I need some junk food or the next morning. Yeah. So I guess either way, they both have a little bit of a munchy thing. When you crave food, when you crave social yeah, gatherings. But I crave social. If I'm smoking, you know. Weed's not going to make you hear a song. I love this song. I do. I dance. vibe out on weed. I also don't really get a hangover unless I smoked a lot of weed and then I'm groggy. But well, I don't get hangovers from weed. The thing is having... A lot of weed and then eating the junk food will give you the hangover. That sucks. And I get the, I get the munchies hard mm. core. Like I binge munchie when I smoke. Bunchy. I bunchies. So because it's such a fun tool to use to socialize, I guess my next question would be, why is it harder to make friends as an adult? <sighs> as a kid, we're with, I went on the boat with my dad, their neighbor Mark, and we brought little RJ out who's eight years old. We park at the beach. RJ's running around. He comes back with four other little boys, and they're fishing and tackling each other. I'm like, he made so many friends in 10 seconds. You could go do that. Why don't you go fish and tackle your just adults? Come here, buddy. <laughs> this, is, this is Jerry. <laughs> could you imagine? We're going to go fishing. You start wrestling each other. Can I borrow your pole? <laughs> Who's your friend? What's in your pocket? Is this that is Lynn? Tim. <laughs> he showed me his wiener. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to be friends with Tim. <laughs> Tim's 60. Oh, no. Run away. Run but away. But he identifies as 12, so best friends. <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah, serious talk, though. Why, mm -hmm. why is it so much easier as a kid? Like, we cap out in our early 20s. Like, we just stop, and we're like, these are our friends from now on. Anyone else is going to have to really break through the force field. Why is it harder to be a friend with somebody as an adult? I don't know. Maybe kids have a sense of innocence. They don't see people the way you do as when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. You start judging and stereotyping and breaking down people. You're like, I don't know if I want to. You, I don't know. You got too much. Too we much. crave that friendship as a kid. Like mm -hmm. you see someone who has what you want. And you want to be a part of it. Do you find that more now so you friend people in friend groups? Or do you just meet random strangers? Your shirt just did like an interesting parachute. What do you mean? What do you mean? No, not about the parachute. Like me, like meeting people now. 
is it do you meet people on a whim or are you more connecting with new friends within the friend circles of other friends like if you were to go out with vernon and you met one of vernon's friends would he be more likely to be your friend than just meeting a stranger living in an area where we had a bunch of friends yes that's Mm -hmm. how it was like la was like that because we moved somewhere new we had a couple of friends and then you start to spread that spider web of friendships moving to florida I think doing events and being social is how you meet people again. Yeah. Through work, through gyms. Uh, Miami, all my friends were, obviously Nick was my friend from California, but Joe and all those people from the gym, I met through working out. So I feel like you have to join things the older you get to mm-hmm. get friends. Yeah. Do you think it's because you're being more social in those situations? Like when you're a kid, you're constantly social, constantly. That's all you have is your social time. I think and when that's, you're an adult, you're not as social. Yeah, I think that's why memberships as an adult forces you. I think that's kind of the whole idea behind it. And so it you, works. That's why I join a gym. Like two weeks later, I tell you, I got a friend, Andy. I got a friend, Joe, and we're going to hang out tonight. And it's like, oh, good for you. You have a friend. Because (laughs) meanwhile, my friend's an 85 year old woman across the street who's my best friend here. But we have to, as adults, you almost have to force yourself into situations and pay a membership to get friends. Some people would call those sororities and fraternities. You pay for friends. Well, guess what? You're doing it for the rest of your life. Yeah, but okay. That where I said there's a peak moment. I feel like when you do the sorority fraternity thing, that's your early 20s, it caps out right then. That's like the end of it. Unless. You do gym memberships and all that stuff going forward. Or your forward. job. Like if you're work- most people work from home now too. But so. it's still a forced organization where you yeah. have to go there. The ability to like do it on your own ends as a child. Right. And I take that back. Not most people work from home, but a lot of people work from mm-hmm. home. So you're stripping away that social aspect. Yeah. But as a kid, yeah, I agree with you. What qualifies a friend? Versus an acquaintance. What's the difference between a friend and acquaintance? Acquaintance, like now as an adult, because as a kid you're like they're my friend. Yeah, but when true. you're an adult, you're like, are they my friend? Mm-hmm. The older you get, you? this the older you get, you start to like separate, like my friend, and then you get a little older, you're like my best friend, and then you're like, and then you hurt people's feelings when you don't call them your best friend. I know, I they're your second trouble. best friend or your third best friend. You start to mm-hmm. rank people the older you get. Uh, acquaintance, I guess. Are we talking that as a child or an adult? As an adult. How do you differentiate? Acquaintance could be every day. Friends are, that's, I guess that leads to my first question. Being friends with someone as an adult is really hard. You got to really like go deep. Would you consider Andy a friend or an acquaintance? Andy's a friend. So what makes him a friend versus being an acquaintance? Mm, We hit it off right away. When are you getting married? We have multiple sexual, I mean, multiple (laughs) hangouts. (laughs) Uh, no, we, we've hung out multiple times and I feel like once you trust somebody in your home and like just guard down to have real conversations with and go out with, I think that makes him a friend. Yeah. What do you think? I would say having somebody be a friend would be maybe someone I can let my guard down and be vulnerable with. Like once I start mm-hmm. sharing with you instead yeah. of just being surfacey, then I know you're my mm-hmm. friend. I get a text almost biweekly from him about like, Yo, this game's on. I've got wings on the grill. You and Steph should come over. How come I don't know about this? Because we're out of town almost every single time he says it. That's another thing. It's hard for us to make friends because Mm -hmm. we are constantly on the go. Yeah. But I have so many great friends that I've I keep in touch with all my friends. Like for me, if you want to break my heart, 
stop being my friend. <laughs> I take my friends and I, I hoard my friends. Like my friends are my friends. Once you're my friend, you're in with me for life. So I still keep in touch with my best friend from when I was a baby, from when I was seven, from my middle school friends to my high school friends, my college friends, my work. Friends. Like I am still, I put a lot of effort into my friends, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, that's why friendships maybe don't last as long because people give up. You yeah. got to put in the work just like in any relationship. Yeah. Friendships are easy to fade out. That's the problem. The people who have been there the longest are the easiest to get rid of because you're comfortable and you don't talk as much. We have a lot of friends and I can think of them right off the top of my head right now where I'm like, man, I should talk to that guy more. And he, he gives more effort than I do. Yeah, you got to step it up. You got to give some more mm-hmm. effort. Are you telling me directly or mm-hmm. somewhat in general? Both. Well, thanks. Step it up. And all the time I'm like, how so-and-so? Have you texted so-and-so? Because like, I yeah. literally... And I think I, about him all day, all the time. Mm-hmm. I just don't make the time or prioritize to reach out to them because I'm busy and I'm like, they're adults, they get it. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I miss them or I'm thinking of them. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, you sh- when you. you think about them, you should just text them. Just a dick pic? Or yeah, what? definitely a dick pic. Be like, remember me? <laughs> They'll be like, no, who's this? <laughs> Send the guy that from the COVID, what's the big? The big black dude? Yeah, But that with guy. my penis yeah. on him? <laughs> it's yeah. like a quarter of the side. They go, what's why is this meme different? I don't get David, it. is that you? They go, uh, called it. I'm like, ah, you know, good friend. Or just send a picture of you with that guy's dick. That's a better way. They'll be like, oh, David, we remember you. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. But you gotta put a little effort in your friendships, yeah. you know? It's true. But you're you're doing better. But that was something that came up for you in ayahuasca, right? Was That's right. to be a better friend. Mm-hmm. How's that working out for you? Not at all. I know. Come on. Do you I mean, want I, me to stay I feel on like you I'm for? a good friend when it comes to actual principle and being there if you need me, but the little things is what I struggle with. Yeah. Like actually reaching out in between, talking about things in between, checking on people. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I've stuck at that. I know. I'm busy all day. So half the time I'm like, mm, tomorrow. I'm good at putting off to till tomorrow the humanistic things because I, I see a shot list of work stuff. I'm like, I can't yeah. leave that. Okay, I have, are you open for a challenge? Sure. Every time you sit on the toilet and you're Instagramming, why don't you text a friend? <laughs> Just one friend. Okay. Send him a picture of your turd or something. I don't care. Mm. Whatever you got to do. But and so what you're saying is sending them a reel on Instagram does not count. That could count because you're still thinking. Then all my about friends them. are taken care of. Okay, but what if you reach out to them first yeah. and like send them a message? A, a real conversation would be better. Yeah, make it a note because you don't have time. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're busy, mm-hmm. but you can make time. Like instead of being on Instagram on the toilet, you make time and text them on the toilet. I agree. Yeah, they don't have to know it's like your poop chat. It's a great conversation to have. Thanks. Be like, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> exactly. Sitting on the throne. And most of your friends will find that hilarious. But speaking of which, where are you going tomorrow? Austin, Texas. What are you doing there? Brocation. Okay, so you put a little effort into your friends. Right. Explain to people what your brocation is. Every year, me and my best man, Jeff Woodbury, for my wedding, do a brocation or mancation. Um, we've been doing it for probably like s- six, seven years now. Mm-hmm. We used to just go <clears throat> mainly diehard Raider fan, first of all. We pick an away game on the schedule every year. Let's go. Boom. Kansas City, Houston, Denver, Miami. Where are we going? We go there. It's awesome. We do like two nights of going out, dinner, try their best shit. And then, you know, we go to the game. We win, we lose, we draw. It's a good time. We reconnect. This year we were going to Jackson, Wyoming. And we're like, let's just do some cowboy shit. Don't worry about the Raiders. Um, And then we realized that the temperature would be like four (laughs) degrees. And we're like, 
we're not cut for four degrees. We're like, let's horseback ride. Let's golf. It's like, it's going to be negative by the time it, like we wake up. So we decided to throw a curveball. I texted him. I was like, let's go to Austin, Texas. We got Joe Rogan's comedy mothership. There's just so much to do. We've been to Austin a few times with your sister, Kat, and she shows us the ropes. So I told him, I was like, we're going to do Austin. It's going to be 75 degrees every day. We're going to golf. We might do some cowboy stuff. We're going to go see Ron White and Friends first night. We're going to go to Steakhouse. It's just what we do. And that's my mm-hmm. first step in keeping good friends closer. Mm-hmm. But, but that's I, so awesome. I got many more that we need to work with, you know. Yeah. But you do a great job on that. Thank you know, you. you guys, it's like a co-birthday event. Is mm-hmm. Jeff the one that you used to dress up and go in a suit? You guys would go in LA? Yeah. What was that? What would y'all call that? Uh, shout out Ty Clancy. It was his idea. What was it called? Uh, I can't remember. Were you just like Formal Friday. Formal Friday. So Ty Clancy, I remember, posted Formal Friday this Friday. Wear a nice outfit. Everyone's getting so casual. Everyone's wearing gray sweatpants and being all PJ'd out during the day. It's like, don't be lazy. Get your shit together. Um, so I remember Jeff and I decided to throw on like suits and ties, and we went and rode every roller coaster on the Santa Monica Pier, <laughs> and we just started walking around. We did like regular shit, but dressed nice, and we'd go to like a dive bar, but like two shots of Jameson, please, and just take them. But like, thank you, good sir. Throw them a twenty, and we'd walk out. We did it for like four hours until we were hammered, and we just went. And home. you got so much attention, like guys. If you want attention, dress up in the suit yeah. and go out in the town. Mm-hmm. Okay, and also what I'd like to talk about in our next podcast are the 2024 goals because every year we like to write down our manifestation. Keep going. We like to write down our manifestations and goals. And I think it'd be fun to share some ideas with people for what we do to mm-hmm. bring in the new year, to bring in the new year. Well, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Steph is miss manifester. And I wasn't before we started, you know, doing all this stuff together, but the writing down of all your goals really works. And I feel like every time we've done this, if we really put intention and write a full list, they, for the most part, come true. Almost everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. So the way we set ours up is we do a three-month, six-month, nine-month, one-year, five-year, 10-year goal. And then we just kind of check in with the goals and see where we are with everything and you know if we need to do something or adjust. Mm-hmm. Obviously, during COVID, we had travel goals, but that didn't really work out because... You know, couldn't leave the country kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but one we, of those goals that year was build a van. Build a van. We did it. We mm-hmm. traveled. Yeah. So um, I guess a big goal would be make more money for most people. Always, yeah. Um, and Victoria's Secret had a big goal, which was to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they dropped uh, percentages each year the last couple of years for going woke. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm going to point you to the big screen. Victoria's Secret plans to bring sexy back. Have you seen this yet? No. Mm -mm. So revenue has been disappearing. Meow. Look at those little kitties. That response right there. Yeah. Brought a boner to you. It done brought a boner to me. Brought a boner to you. (laughs) So all I'm saying is they have lost about 1.5 billion in revenue in the last few years since covid because after covid they decided to go super progressive which is like cool progressive means move the needle just always go forward you're making mm-hmm. progress yeah they started putting people the size of lizzo then they put transgender then they put uh lesbian female soccer players they put handicapped women missing limbs mm-hmm. thinking that would help sales and they said the president of victoria's secret says sexiness is inclusive I guess the revenue wouldn't agree with that statement when mm-hmm. it comes to sales. What do you think about them going back to this? Because 
this is supposed to be a goal to strive for, and you're supposed to be shocked by how good she looks. I don't know if that's a goal I'd want to strive for. If, but if you see someone in this, what's your first thought? I hope I look like that in those clothes. That's exactly. But if you see a Lizzo in this, what is your thought? She's brave or well, I'm going to buy that. What's your first thought? This is a tricky topic. So speak from the heart because in reality, okay. I'm just asking you because the sales say that this sells Lizzo doesn't. I'm asking you, what if you saw either one? Victoria's Secret. Because you're a woman. I just okay. Ask. From Victoria's Secret, you look at the brand. I look at the brand as sexy models like this lingerie classy kinky thing okay now mm-hmm. i don't the bodies of course i mean the, the bodies are beautiful the women are probably really hungry and fit <laughs> yeah but these are kind of like the oddities like the anomalies of the world sure are the victoria's secret sure but i also kind of have a thing i mean she's a bombshell which is what Victoria's Secret, that's why they made the whole bombshell line. You try to see yourself in it, but I will say it's challenging sometimes when you don't have this body and you order these things and you put it on, you're like, this doesn't you, look, I don't go, look like that. Hmm. <laughs> Those lines are cutting a little deep in my back fat here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes having somebody who looks like you versus the idea of what you want to look like yes. gives you a realistic idea of okay this is what this lingerie is really going to look like on me so that that approach i can respect because everybody beauty's in the eye of the beholder everybody deserves to look sexy in lingerie and to kind of get an idea of what you look like in it is very helpful as you just said you see that image mm-hmm. and you go damn that's sexy and it doesn't look as good on you mm-hmm. if you run the company isn't the whole goal to sell more? So if it looks good, it got the clothes on you? Well, it depends. What are their returns? <laughs> Do they have a lot of returns? Because you're like, I don't know. They might. But how many is that? How many returns versus people too lazy to return is it worth? Do you think it's possible that they could have done, they could have like created a sister company instead of... Called Victor's Secret and it was transgender? I don't know. What do I have to, it could be anything. But maybe instead of taking the brand and trying to make it something it's not create something else. That's also part, like make a sister brand of Victoria's secret that it, that yeah. is more inclusive. You're saying when they went this, woke yes. and did all the changes, they should have just been like Victoria's well, secret now opens up Victoria's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and did like, yes, that would make more sense. That would have made more sense. Cause then you're not tainting the brand that has, that's built upon this particular, like I used to love getting the catalogs and filtering through and being like, Oh my God, this is, these are goals is I want to look like her. I want, but it's also not realistic. And that's where it starts to create these unhealthy things in women's brains. So that's, that's a whole nother conversation. That's I think goals and are, are a good thing to achieve where you're like, God, damn, I want to look like that. Of course. But then, but it's also, these things are not necessarily achievable for a majority of the women, unless you have bad body image issues or starvations or binging and eating disorders. Like this is a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down. Of course. But from my perspective, I think I used to love the catalogs. I'm like, oh my God, they're so sexy. I want to look like this. And I want to buy the lingerie. So I get that Mm -hmm. there's an audience for it, but to take the brand of the sexy model bombshell angel and then to add a completely different image to the brand. It doesn't quite make sense. I get being inclusive and I get Mm -hmm. wanting to have a line of, you know, lingerie for plus size models and for trans community and all that stuff. Like go for it. I I totally support that. You know, if there's a market sell to it, but to take over the main market and say, 
I know you are the 98%, but we're going to shove the 2% down your throat. Mm-hmm. That's where you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think we're, we already have sales. Why are you fucking this up? Well, maybe in their mind, they weren't trying to fuck it up. They were just trying to be inclusive, you yeah, know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Victoria's Secret, I would like to know from you. Yes. Why do women push body positivity so much? I think, give me an example. Why do women up each other so much when they're overweight? I think every woman knows the struggle around weight at one point in their lives. And I, I think women are now starting to understand that we all, we're all products of societal pressures. And I think there's beauty in all of it. And there's not one size that fits all. You can be who you are and still be beautiful and still be a human being. And I don't know if your weight is going to make or break who you are as a person. So I think I think that there's just compassion. I think women are very compassionate beings and that they can understand that the struggle. We all we all understand the struggle behind the body image stuff. And I don't know if it matters anymore. I think women are kind of over it. Like yeah. be you. Do what you want to do. How far can you go before it's like unhealthy when it comes to actual bods? Like I get the self-image when mm-hmm. it comes to like girl you're beautiful. Like don't let that man tell you what you are, what you're not like you do you because mm-hmm. beauty is beauty. Like you are a pretty woman. I know you're working hard, mm-hmm. but if someone is 470 pounds or something, what, when is it appropriate to be like, how do we change your lifestyle? Like, how can we take care of I you? guess it's never appropriate because it's not really your business. So it's never appropriate. No. When is it ever appropriate for anybody to tell anybody else how to live their lives? Never. I agree with that. Never. I agree. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you believe. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you stick in your mouth. It's not my business. Just leave the kids alone. That's all. Don't mess with the kids. I agree with all of that. So Mm -hmm. I guess my question leads from it's, it's one thing to be like, oh, she's pleasantly plump. To your organs are failing. It's not your business. If you are her best friend and she wants your real opinion, do you say anything? If somebody asks for your opinion and you feel sure, if someone asks your opinion, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. If someone's like, I, be honest with me, how do I look? And they are dying from the outside. What do you say? I think it's time to get you healthy. I, I just think we don't know where people are coming from. We don't know their stories. We don't know how they got to where they are. Mm-hmm. I do believe that there is, I think our physical is a reflection of our inner. Mm-hmm. And so if you see somebody who's 470 pounds, they're obviously battling something mentally anyway. And so for us to judge them and hate them and look at them and tell them they're gross, they need to lose weight. You don't think they hear it all day, every day. That's just feeding into that mental spiral that they're in. I think what we need to do is love people. That's where that's where we are right now. We're in this phase of trying to love and accept and embrace and and obviously we know that it's probably not the healthiest, but you see people who are lean walking around with high cholesterol and they're technically obese. And you're like you're obese but you're technically not. So numbers, I mean there's all kinds of factors that go into it. You look at strong men, they're 400 to 500 pounds. So to say that that's healthy but yet somebody else isn't. Mm-hmm. They're both intaking the same amount of calories. Correct, but Brian Shaw might be taking eighty percent protein. Brian Shaw is the biggest savage ever. He is literally he? the biggest. One of our favorite clients oh my too. God. He's the, wonderful. The nicest guy in the world. Shout out Brian Shaw, yeah. the man the out in Colorado, the strong man, baby. Yeah, he's. Would you say he's in good shape? He is on a BMI chart, obese. Yeah, 
my thought is that I don't think people need to be telling other people how they should live their life, what they should be eating, mm. how they should be thinking, how they should be voting. We need to stop this pushing our ideas and our beliefs onto other people. And I'm sure I do it in some form or fashion somewhere in my life. But I think we would be much kinder of a of a species if we would just stay in our lanes and leave mm-hmm. other people alone. And we would all probably have more friends too. Yeah. Full circle. Boom. What do you think? I agree with a lot of your points you make. Um, <clears throat> I have overweight friends. I have shredded friends. I have perfect body friends. What's I have a perfect body? My wife. I'm your wife. But that's your idea of a perfect body. It's tough. Okay, go ahead. Um, I guess... When it comes to the question, though, of in terms of pushing body positivity, there's no such thing when it comes to the man. So, what do you mean? Where's the body positivity for men? What do you mean? Where is it? I don't understand what you're asking. There's no such thing as body positivity for in terms of a man. Like the women is like, you're so gorgeous, girl. You're so brave. You do your thing. Where's the fat guy vibe? Where is that? You guys are the ones who created this body. You're this was all created by men. Body positivity. That's not true at all. Body positivity exists because men have an idea of what women should look like. You no, that is not the truth. Go back in the thirties. Secret is what the men wanted. Uh uh. The body positivity is what Lizzo brought. Yeah, because women have had enough. Look back on Hollywood. Look in the magazines. Look back and stay at home and be fit and take care of the kids and don't gain too much weight when you get pregnant. All of these beliefs. If men brought that, why are women doing this? Because women have had enough. We're over it. So women brought the body positivity. That's what I'm saying. We brought the body positivity because the man pushed the woman too far and we're we're like, we're We're over it. Yeah. So we agree. But guys have body positivity too. No, we don't. Yes, you do. Tell me one body positivity moment. It's the men. It's the trans community. They're trying to be women now. (laughs) (laughs) You guys couldn't fuck up your own lanes, and now you have to step into our lane and take over Victoria's Secret. Can we be honest? Sure. With body positivity coming in, the men are in better shape. How so? The trans women models are sexier than the women. Oh, my God. You've been to Phuket in Thailand. Did you go to Phuket when you were in Thailand? Or were you guys just in Bangkok? That was just me and my boyfriend. <gasps> okay. I will tell you this. When we went to Phuket, the freaking... I've never been to Phuket. The, the trans community? They're not a community. They don't know each other. Okay. Well, whatever. The people in Phuket are stunning. You walk up and you're like, I don't know if you're a man or a woman, but you're freaking beautiful. I mean, it's like the transitioning from men to women there. You get confused. You're like, oh, my God, you're so hot. And it's a a, you don't know. You just don't know. They're so good. They're so sexy. So I understand if they put the people in Phuket on the cover of Victoria's Secret, their sales would go back up. Proof that Americans are fat. Thank you for watching. (laughs) Uh, Babe, do you feel like men need positive? I'm just real, real question. Have these not been real questions? Dad 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 bods bods are not the same thing as Lizzo bods when it comes to the public eye. But there is a plus size for men in magazines and stuff. It might exist, but is it promoted? Yeah, isn't it? I actually don't know because I don't don't shop Mm. in the men's section. Thank you. But is it promoted? You would tell me. No. 
Not at all. Really? No, it's David Beckham with fucking Calvin Klein's on all the or time. It's the Which guy. I'm not mad at. I look at it and I go, damn, let's go. Yeah. Or it's the guy in Miami who's like, we've been doing carpet business. Yes. <laughs> North Miami carpet boy. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting concept. And I don't know for sure if this body image thing has started because women have had enough with men. I think I think women are just tired of trying to fit into a specific box that they don't fit in anymore. And men want different things. There are some guys... There are some guys who want a fit, muscular woman. There are guys that think it's gross and they want the skinny rail. There are some guys who want meat on the bones. There are some guys who want extra meat on the bones. Everybody has a different desire for what they want in a woman. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And so I don't Mm -hmm. think that clothes should be one-size-fits-all. But if you're Victoria's Secret and you've branded yourself as a certain way and you switch your branding... It's going to be weird. It's going to be completely out of character. And your audience is used to seeing a certain thing. And to change their perspective around something, you've already branded yourself. Create a sister company. In yeah. theory, that would have been better. But I'm going to end this podcast mm-hmm. on a positive. Body positive? Yet negative note. Don't make me sad. It's not going to make you cry unless you're a little bitch. I am a little bitch. All right. You love blue? Oh my God, I love so much. What are you about to show me? Don't show me anything that animals get hurt. No, I can't. <laughs> read read oh this. Oh my gosh. Read this right now. Read it for us. The world's oldest dog ever dies in Portugal, aged 31. Look, Look at, at that sweet baby. Where's all of his gray hairs? Bobby was a purebred, I don't even know, Raffaro de do Altejo? What the heck? Raffaro do <laughs> Altejo. <laughs> a breed of Portuguese dog that has an average life expectancy of some 10 to 14 years. What would you give up in life to let your dog live to 31? Oh, well, what's the quality of life? It's the same as today. If he lives like this till he's 31, I'd give up chocolate. Our dog would die next day. I would give it up. That's how quick you'd fall back. I would give it up. That's a big sacrifice. I would sacrifice chocolate to have the dog live with us. That says a lot for you people out there. People don't know me. Chocolate is my love language. Mm, That's great. I would give up chocolate. Guys. We'll be back in five days. Turn that dial a little bit. Just twist it and just let's shift focus and then we'll see you next week. That a little wiener. <laughs> okay, we're done. Love y'all. Good night. See you later. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome.